Hello, and welcome to the podcast series, Creditor's Corner Legal Talk, presented by Smith Debnam, Attorneys of Law, where we explore a range of legal topics impacting businesses and private individuals. Be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. My name is Christina McGalpin-Taylor, and I'm an attorney at the law firm of Smith Debnam. I practice in the Consumer Collections Group for Creditor's Rights Work. I've been with the law firm for almost 15 years this coming September, and I'm excited today to introduce everybody to our one of our newer associates, Melissa. Melissa, do you mind telling the group how long you've been with Smith Debnam? Hi, yeah, I'm Melissa Tulis, and I've been with Smith Debnam for almost a year now, just about 10 months this month. Wonderful, and we've been really excited to have Melissa on board. She's one of our associates who often travels to various counties in North Carolina, and she travels in South Carolina as well because she's licensed in both North and South Carolina. I'm licensed in North Carolina and Virginia, and today's topic is going to be road warriors, uh, motion practices across the 100 counties in North Carolina and also in South Carolina. We're going to try to help some people out from learning some maybe um, from some of our mistakes that we have made traveling to different counties and helping to give some suggestions on how to make sure that you are prepared when handling various motions in various different counties. Before we begin, though, Melissa, do you mind to give us um, that disclaimer? Absolutely. I want to note the information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, any and all information shared is for general informational purposes only. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. With that out of the way, let's now turn our attention to this week's topic. Thank you, Melissa, so much. So like I said before, I have been practicing in the state of North Carolina for about 15 years this September. Probably about three or five years ago, I got licensed in Virginia I practice there as well, but uh, most of my time is spent in North Carolina. Um, Melissa, like I said before, is licensed in both North and South Carolina, so she travels to all of the 100 counties in North Carolina. How many counties have you been to at this point, Melissa? Do you know? I do, actually. I printed off a list of all 100 counties from Wikipedia, and I've been crossing them off as I've uh, traveled to new counties. So far, we are at 33. I've been to 33 counties in North Carolina for court. Wow, that's awesome. A year of work in 33 counties in North Carolina. How about South Carolina? Any idea how many counties you've been to there? Well, so far, I haven't been to any South Carolina in-person hearings. I did become licensed in South Carolina right at the beginning of the pandemic. So uh, I've been to several South Carolina WebEx hearings, but so far, no in-person hearings. They're still largely doing WebEx. Okay, very good. I hadn't thought about that with COVID that you probably haven't been to them, uh, many South Carolina counties. I think I've been to probably 60 or 70 North Carolina counties, and I've really only been to one county in Virginia. Um, We rely heavily on local council to help us in various counties in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. So I think most of our conversation today will be related to North Carolina and the counties that we cover there and some tips that we have learned along the way. Melissa, do you mind to share with the group some things that make you nervous when you're preparing for motions? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when preparing for motions, my the first thing that comes to my head always is that I want to be more prepared than the other side. So to do that, of course, takes uh, a significant amount of preparation. Uh, we do a lot of high volume work, so sometimes I will have a dozen cases on the calendar in one morning. So it does take a fair degree of of preparation to be well-versed in 
what's going on in each of those individual cases. I want to review the file and just be familiar with what's been going on uh, with correspondence with the other party, what has been filed, what are the other parties' uh, defenses, what's their position, uh, are they represented by counsel. Uh, some judges don't ask you a lot of questions, but a lot do. A lot of judges will ask you what has been your contact with with this other party, especially if they if they don't show up. If they don't show up to the hearing, it's not necessarily an, an automatic win per se. A lot of times the judges will dig a little deeper when that party isn't there to speak for themselves. So you really do have to be familiar with every single one of your cases from the genesis of that case. So that of course makes me not so much nervous, but it, it lights a fire underneath me to be prepared every single time. Uh, the way I do that best is I, I keep notes. Uh, I can't rely on just remembering it all with the high volume of cases we do. So I take very good notes on every case. Um, and I rely on those notes about correspondence we've had with the debtor, about the status of the case, the age of the case. And I can look down and rely on that when I'm actually in the hearing. Melissa, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. I was going to mention to um, the group that we are really spoiled because we have awesome paralegals who often provide us with what we call a disposition sheet. Um, this, this disposition sheet also often includes when we filed the complaint, when we received an answer, if the answer was filed, if there's any counterclaims, if discovery was sent, if there's been phone calls. It refers to the bankruptcy check, the scrub checks that we do related to making sure the consumer isn't deceased. Do you find that disposition sheet to be helpful? Oh, incredibly helpful. I, I love my disposition sheet. Yeah, it gives a timeline for everything that's occurred in the case, whether we've uh, requested discovery, whether that discovery has been responded to, whether there's been an answer, whether that answer was verified, everything you need to know on one quick sheet of paper. It is so, so helpful for quick reference when you're in court. Yeah, I would suggest to anybody listening right now that does not have a disposition sheet to consider making something. Um, and basically, we have a template, like I said before, that gives the timeline of things that have happened when the complaint was filed, when it was served. We often also, I will include my handwritten notes on that. If I see that a settlement um, discussion had taken place and it wasn't resolved for whatever reason, I might include those notes. And this is really helpful, not just for when you're preparing for court, but when you're actually in court. If the judge asks a quick question, when was the answer filed? Rather than having to flip through all the pages, it allows me to quickly look onto the sheet and see, oh, the answer was filed on January 5th, 2020. And I can quickly refer to that. And then behind the disposition sheet, I don't recall if Melissa spoke about that or not, but we would include copies of our complaint and our answer, our motions, any type of discovery we have. Um, often we'll have notes from phone conversations, discovery responses, and things of that nature. Another quick tip that is most important when attending motions in any county, whether it's North Carolina, South Carolina, or Virginia, is to make sure you have a notice of hearing and make sure you have a copy of that notice of hearing. Have you had any issues, Melissa, where you've seen other people in court who have maybe had a hard time with that? Oh, definitely, definitely. And especially when you're dealing with a pro se party, the judge is going to be very concerned with making sure that you properly notice that party of the date and time and place to be for that hearing. And I think it's also helpful that you that we bring our file stamp notice of hearing with us because you would be surprised how many file stamp things that the judge just 
for some reason cannot find in the file and you need to hand it up to them. So it's great to have that, have that on hand. I would say necessary to have that on hand at all times when you're in court. Yeah, I would agree with Melissa 100%. The first thing I'm checking for is typically to make sure we have a copy of the filed complaint, a copy of the filed answer, and then absolutely a filed copy of that notice of hearing. Because the last thing you want to do is drive to, say, Buncombe County or Wilkes County, be in the car for several hours, get all the way out to the hearing, and the judge says, oh, I don't think this is on for today. It's nice to have that filed copy of the notice of hearing to show to the judge and the clerk Sometimes they'll hear you, sometimes they won't, but at least you know you tried your best and you've made sure, like we said before, that you're more prepared. You always want to be the most prepared person in the courtroom. That is the biggest takeaway I would um, take from that. Are there other things related to um, local rules, Melissa, that we haven't touched on yet that you think are important for the crowd? Yes, definitely. And just touching also again on the notice of hearing and calendaring motions. Uh, calendaring motions can be something that is very county specific and that local rules will be very different between, say, Wake County or Guilford County and Mecklenburg County. And on that note, I would give another shout out to our awesome legal staff at remembering and knowing and being well-versed in all of the strange local rules that we encounter from county to county. Because some counties, if there's not a certain county-specific form filed along with your notice of hearing, they will not put it on the docket that day. And if you don't frequently practice in, say, Guilford County, you might not know that. Uh, so a so, uh, big shout out to our very competent legal staff at always knowing what to do there. Absolutely. I think that's a really good tip, Melissa. If you, for example, have your office in Raleigh in Wake County and you plan to go to Guilford County or Mecklenburg County or even Johnston County, a closer county, I would strongly suggest that you make sure to read any local rules. I don't know that every county has local rules, but you definitely want to check. If you call the TCA, they will be proud to tell you about their local rules and often can provide you a copy of that or tell you where you can find it. Um, and those local rules will clearly identify, like Melissa said, if there's a different form that you need to fill out to get your motion heard on the calendar for that day. So that's really important to so make sure you check any local rules related to calendaring motions. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned this before, but I don't want to forget to say this. We talked about the disposition, disposition seat being important. I also think it's really important to go to court and you should anticipate that you are going to win your motion. You shouldn't go in there thinking you're going to lose. Hopefully you've prepared and you've got the good case law to support your position and you have a good argument to present to the judge to make sure you always go to court with a draft of an order. That's really helpful. And I always make sure I bring three copies of that. So in case they are able to file it right there that day, you'll be able to go home with two copies, one for your office and one for the defendant or the defendant's counsel. And of course, you need to have a copy for the judge to be able to put into their records. So I would strongly suggest going to court with a drafted order. Of course, there can be changes that need to be made. And sometimes the judges will handwrite on those orders. Other times you'll need to go back to the office and you know make some amendments or changes to it. But it doesn't hurt to have a draft order, especially if it's a pretty simple motion, um, like judgment on the pleadings or a summary judgment motion that is not contested. Most judges are happy that you have that order so they can sign it, file it, and get that off their docket. Do you have any other things I'm forgetting related to drafted orders, Melissa? Absolutely. So I totally agree. You should always have a draft order with you, especially with a simple motion that you anticipate winning. It's just a lot easier to walk out with a file stamp signed copy that day. Uh, I would also recommend that if you are in a situation where you need a custom order for whatever reason, 
that you ask the judge or the clerk right then and there, how do you want this order submitted? Because every judge in every county has a different way they want it submitted, sometimes to their email, sometimes to their clerk's email, sometimes to the TCA. And it may vary, and it may be very difficult to get somebody on the phone after the fact who knows how that specific judge is going to want that order submitted. So it's best to ask right then and there, judge, how would you like this order submitted so they can tell you? That is a really good point, Melissa. I'm glad you brought that up um, because that does happen. I've been in a situation where I was so excited that I've won the motion and they wanted some changes to my motion or to my order. And so I got back to the office and I was like, "Uh oh, I forgot to ask where to submit it. So now you're delayed another day or a week or even two weeks where you're trying to find the TCA or the clerk who's there. And some of these smaller counties, these judges are traveling to different counties, so they don't have a physical location where they want to receive a copy of the order. They prefer to have it by email. Other counties, they want you to make the three copies and send it to them in hard copy form by mail. So, Melissa, that's a really important point that you make. If you have to get an order to a judge, I would agree with Melissa. It would be encouraged to ask. And they they anticipate that. I often ask for a business card if they have it, because sometimes it's hard in court to hear the way they're spelling names or abbreviations or however it is. But typically, they all have the same ending email address, um, and you can get that from the clerk. So I would strongly suggest that as well. That's a really good point about um, making sure you get contact information for where to send a copy of the order. Very good. Um, some other practical tips that I was thinking of, and Melissa, you might have hit on a few of these before, but I can remember as a new associate, my biggest concern was finding the courthouse and figuring out where to park. And Guilford County, for example, has very crowded, so I had to remember to bring change so that I could put it in the meter when I got there. And I don't recall, Melissa, did you speak to them about Guilford County and all the different things they have related to the security lines? No, not yet. That is a helpful nugget of information if you've never had the joy of going out to Guilford County. Guilford County, if you ever go there, you should plan for an extra 20 minutes at least of standing in the security line. If you're not local counsel in Guilford County, then you have to wait outside and they have a very extensive security check uh, in Guilford County. Uh, also, make sure to have your bar card with you because if you do not have your bar card with you and your photo ID, they will not let you bring your cell phone in. They won't let you bring in a smartwatch or a laptop or anything unless you've got that bar card to show that you can bring it in. So very helpful to arrive early. Guilford County is also one of those counties where you might have to drive around the block a few times before you find a parking spot. So another reason to always arrive early in Guilford County. A funny story, one time I was going to Guilford County and I got caught in some traffic, so I was already running behind, which running behind is getting 30 minutes early to Guilford County. And I found a parking spot finally that was at one of those parking meters that you have to use the app on your cell phone to, uh, to pay for it. And my cell phone was at about 1% battery. And I thought, oh, oh no. <laughs> Luckily, I had just enough battery to download this app and to uh, pay for parking and to get into the courthouse in time. But it was a very, very stressful experience for sure. Yeah, I have a similar story, and I show my age when I remember probably parking in that same parking lot, and I had to find coins, and I was digging in my change to find what I could find to find enough quarters to put in for the parking meter, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But the point of the story is, in any county that you're traveling to, if you haven't been there before, I would suggest you always bring your bar card. Guilford County in particular, that's helpful so that you can make sure you get your cell phone in there. 
because I've gotten all the way to the security line in Guilford County, not had my barcode, and then I don't have change for them to put it in their little lockers. And I had to borrow from the security guard and give her money back later. Um, the point to the story being it's helpful to bring your bar card. If you don't need it, no big deal. But if you do need it, you'll be thankful that you have it. Um, and of course, another practical tip is always making sure you dress for the part, you know, make sure that you have on your suit, you're prepared to look like an attorney. Some of the smaller counties are the opposite of Guilford County. If you look like an attorney, they might just wave you through security. So that is sometimes helpful so you can get to court on times and maybe sometimes not helpful. That just varies, but you never know what you'll get depending on what counties you go to. So like Melissa said, I think being early to court is very important. And I would also suggest if you get to court early, I often will go and speak to the local council that are there early as well and introduce myself. And sometimes I'll even ask them, hey, do you know how the judge likes to have this heard? Does he do it in the order of the motion calendar? Does he go out of order? Does he do contested matters first? Does she do it this way? Local council can be a great asset to you because they can tell you a little bit more about how the practical part of the um, notions will be heard that day or how the calendar call will be heard. Can you think of anything else related to that that I'm missing, Melissa? Um, yeah, there's also just always some peculiarities uh, with, with different counties. Even where you sit can be something that's county-specific. Uh, Usually you sit up at the front or in the jury box when it's uh, motions day. Uh, and sometimes the judge won't even call you if you're sitting out in the audience uh, because they'll just assume you're not an attorney. Uh, so uh, when you are in a, un, an unfamiliar county where the judge isn't going to automatically know you and know you're an attorney and that you're there for a motion, it's important to know where to sit. And like Christina said, it always has a helpful to make conversation with local counsel so you know what's going on and know the order of the court. Yeah, and usually the people in the courtroom who know the most are the clerks of court, and they're often there early. And I always make an effort to make sure I can have an opportunity to introduce myself to the clerk of court because she's probably the one who's helped either calendar the motions or making sure that the motions are heard that day. And the clerk of courts typically know the best pace place for lunch. So if you get stuck there through lunch, they can tell you a good place to find something good for lunch. Um, so I think that is most of our tips related to traveling in the various counties, unless Melissa has some others that I have forgotten. I think we hit on the big ones, Christina. I, I mean, there's always going to be things that surprise you, but you just got to be as prepared as possible. Always have your bar card and always be early. Yeah, I think that is the best tip. So I was going to say to wrap it up, I think, like we said, getting to court early is definitely, definitely my number one priority, making sure I'm there on time after I've had the time to hopefully the week before prepare and review my disposition sheet, making sure that we have filed copies of all the things in the court file. Um, bringing your bar card is always a good help. Making sure your cell phone battery is charged is probably another one that is <laughs> helpful at times. Um, and then making sure, like I said, you should be prepared that you will win that motion. So having a proposed draft order available for the judge to sign and bringing extra copies of that is helpful. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to bring extra copies of a pro se answer. If you're worried that the pro se defendant didn't file it with the court, you might want to consider bringing a copy for the judge to review. I thought of that as I was writing my notes here today. Um, but I appreciate talking with you today, Melissa, and I think this has been helpful to remind me of some tips to prepare to travel to various courts for motion hearings. Um, thank you to the audience for listening to us today. If you have any questions, you can reach me, Christina McAlpin-Taylor at cmcalpin 
at smithdebnamlaw.com. My um, direct dial is 919-250-2131. And if you go on Smith Debnam's website, you can easily find a link to our email addresses because my email is pretty long. Melissa, do you mind to share your contact information? Absolutely. Probably the easiest way to find me is to Google my name, Melissa Tulis, and the Smith Debnam bio will pop up for you with all of my contact information. My email address is mtulis at smithdebnamlaw.com. Uh, Tulis is spelled T-U-L-I-S. And my direct line is 919-250-2103. Very good. Well, thank you, Melissa. And we'd like to remind everybody that we have lots of different episodes um, that have been put onto our Legal Talk um, Creditors Corner podcast. Karen Enlow from our office, one of my partners, um, just put one up there recently related to the validation notice. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I plan to do that um, hopefully sometime later this week. So I would encourage everybody to check that out. And lastly, we'd like to remind you guys to support subscribe and to stay well and to have a good rest of your week. Good luck traveling to the various counties in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia.